Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Netflix's series Dahmer is their third title to reach 1 billion hours watched. But with so many shows and movies about the Milwaukee serial killer, at what point do true crime shows become exploitive? Some family members of Dahmer's victims have been vocal about their disdain for the hit series, saying they were not included in the process and are being forced to relive the trauma. So are true crime shows harmful? The business of being black today is true crime stories. Please welcome artist and comedian Honey Ma. Hey, Honey Ma. Hello. Nice to see you, Tammy Mack. Yes, thank you for being on the show. Comedian Satoyo Ekpo is here. Hey, Satoyo. Hey, Tammy Mack. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. The author of We Lie Here, Rachel Housel Hall, is with us today. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Tammy. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for inviting yes. me. And my friend from Abbott Elementary and Dahmer actor, Nakia Gamby-Turner. Hey, Nakia. Hey, Tammy. Thank you all for being here. Now, for those of you who've not been on the show before, it is the business of being Black. And so we have to know why Black people should care about these topics that we visit. So why should Black people care about these true crime stories being on television? Why? Why? Honey Ma, let's roll with you first. Because the fictionalization of Black death makes it too easy to fictionalize it when it's real. Mm. Ooh, ooh, That's you good. coming in hot. You coming in hot. <laughs> Rachel, why should Black people care? I think because true crime is history. And whether it's a good history or bad history, it is history. And a lot of times, Black people are written out of history. And a, black, a lot of pe Black people are write, written out of these stories that typically feature white women. So yes, we should be we should care because we are affected by crime. Nakia, what say you? I agree with Rachel and Honey, but I also think that it gives us a chance to really see that about it gives us a chance to understand safety and being safe about our surroundings and where we are. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of women, you know, we kind of just go about our day, but we don't really pay attention. I've done a lot of like self-defense classes and stuff like that as a single woman and living on my own. So I think those kind of shed a light on what is out there so that we can protect ourselves better. Satoya, why should Black people care? I am Black. Why should I care about true crime stories, whether they air or not? Because Black trauma is as wholesome and as American as apple pie. This Dahmer series that came out literally has made Netflix millions upon millions of dollars. And this show encapsulates why shows like this will continue to happen. And again, when you normalize Black bodies being murdered and you cut out the families who have to deal with this trauma, you normalize it, as Honey Ma said. Whoa. Did you say as wholesome? Yes. As apple pie. Whoa. <laughs> Okay, no, I see where we are going today. Are yes. <laughs> true crime shows harmful? Uh, we, I mean, I led with the Dahmer story, but I also kind of, you know, in my head, I go to O.J. Simpson. Mm -hmm. So are true crime shows harmful? Anybody can take that, Rachel? I think... Anything is harmful when it's too much. If you are into this kind of fetish of crime, blood, gore, if you're into torture porn, then yes, it is harmful. But but like so many of us have just said, it is also kind of like a town square where we share information and especially women. We need to know these things. My, I have a college-aged daughter and I read a true crime story yesterday about young women, young college women getting into cars and being uh, like, 
the Ubers and the Lyfts and someone spraying some weird spray to kind of uh, make them pass out. I wouldn't know that if it had not been for true crime, you know? Right. So it, I think it serves as um, an early warning system for things that you just wouldn't know about. Right. Did you hear about the 17 year old girl who jumped out sure. of her Uber because it, she was suspicious about the driver? Yes. Like he was and doing too much out. and he, and he wouldn't let her out the car. So she jumped out the car, injured herself, but you know, ran and like ran to safety. So I think, I think the, I, are they necessary? I mean, Again, like Rachel said, the fetishing is uh, is very interesting. This has been going on for years, and everybody has always been fascinated with Dahmer. Even just doing the research on him um, was incredibly gruesome. But I never ever heard about the families, and I and I do believe it's the way that you tell the story too. You know, it's not about making this guy Superman. I mean, they wrote comic books about this. You know, these mm -hmm. these dudes like it's that kind of grossness, but. On the other side of it, we've never heard about the families. So when I actually had to research it, you know, and all we did, all they did was take everything that was from the trial. Mm -hmm. And I understand that the trauma could be brought back up, but that means there's healing that has to be done too. Right. So that means that maybe they weren't able to let go of it. You know, hopefully I pray that healing can also come from the fact that their stories have been shown and um, that they can find some sort of, you know, it's healing. interesting you use the word healing. I'm going to circle back to, to that, but I want to talk about uh, the young lady in North Carolina. It was a 17-year-old girl in North Carolina who was left injured uh, with scars all over her face after jumping out of a moving lift ride due to the driver's suspicious behavior. Some of that suspicious behavior was when the driver started spraying something that made her feel dizzy and warm. And so the teen believed the driver was attempting to drug her and jumped out. Mm -hmm. I want to go to the healing, Nakia. Um, when you say you hope that the family um, could heal from these television shows, so my question becomes about uh, it, are these true crime stories, and Honey Ma, uh, uh, Satoya, you can jump in at any time, are Correct. these crime stories, these true crime stories, are they healing or are they hurting, particularly when the families are still alive and have to relive these uh, tragedies, Honey Ma? Mm -hmm. I think that something important when we're walking the line of is true crime okay, there's true crime documentaries where we're letting the victims speak for themselves and it's coming out of their mouth. And then there's the boogeymanification of serial killers. Jeffrey Dahmer is a real man. He should not be turned into the Joker because that's what those do. They turn these men into the Joker. They use words like, genius uh -huh. to describe these men. They make them seem like this is a monster under the bed, not a real man that's walking the streets. We mm -hmm. need to focus our energy into documenting these people who experienced this and telling how it felt to go through this. Zoom the camera in on their faces, mm -hmm. not Evan Peters' face. Doing it, it's such, it's, would you consider Dahmer, a, though, a true documentary? The, I I, 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 that, now, that's a good question. We're going to get to that in a minute because uh, there is definitely a difference between fictional and documentaries. And I mm -hmm. sometimes, and I've said on this show before, have a problem with documentaries because they lean in on certain perspectives, Correct. right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that doesn't necessarily mean that it's true unless you're getting a documentary that includes both sides of the story. Right. And that's yeah. why I mentioned all of the same history. I, I think history it's... has different, you know, history has different uh, people who are coming from different places telling the same story. Right. I think as, as it relates to your question about healing, I think it is all good in the hood until these families are cut out of the process entirely, which is what it sounds like happened in this Dahmer situation. If you want to make, I have no issue with like documentaries for the sake of true crime documentaries, right? Because they can be informative and educational. When you turn it into a live action miniseries, this is only for entertainment. And yeah. now you're going to sensationalize a thing with these families that are still alive, 
They're still relatively young, and they're having to relive this, their family members who were literally murdered in a vicious, vicious fashion. I don't know if you can necessarily hear, heal from that. And I think it would be very, very even more difficult to try to heal from something when there's a company that is profiting off of this. There are actors who are making hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars, and you ain't got no say in the process. Not only that, well, there, not there, are, there are some about. creative... There are creative liberties yes. that yeah. are taken. Yes. yes. You know, it's 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 tough because being in it, you know, as far as I I totally understand how hurtful this could be to the families and all that kind of stuff. And you actually really do I, I know I did. I did consider that while doing this. But as an actor, it was very and it was very poignant. Remind everyone uh, the role you played in Dama. I played I played Errol Lindsay's mom, um, mm -hmm. and um, they changed the name to Mildred Lindsay, but her name was uh, Kathy. And to step into her shoes was a nominal. You know, it was not a nominal. It, it was it was very painful. Yeah. Um, it was very, especially, like I said, I had to do research on this. So I had to see what he did to these children, you know, these, these men, how he, you know, how the police just kind of forgot everything about them watching the trial and all that kind of stuff. And then being there, it was very, um, it was, it was hard. And every emotion that was felt was felt truly because you did have, I did have to put myself in their shoes. So I'm kind of on the fence with everything because as an actor, this was a great, a great opportunity for me to really dig into tap into stuff that I've never been able to tap to, into before. And, and I hope I, you know, you hope you do right. the people justice as far as their real feelings, because their story has never been told. Right. And you're yeah, anxious to, to help them. You're anxious to help them tell it. You know what I mean? But I, and then I didn't, you know, you. Hold that thought, Nakia. Rachel. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. It, it's, you do want to honor um, yeah. the family. And all, all, all. But are you honoring so, the family if the family to, was not a part of the process? How, but are how you much, honoring the family? And we want to talk about much, that. How much, how much honoring that, they, though? Yeah. yeah. We want to talk about that when we return. We want to talk about uh, whether family should be included in these dramas that happen that are based mm -hmm. off of true lives. We'll be back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. And the Business of Being Black today are true crime stories. Are they exploitive? 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 Yeah, exploitive. Yeah, that's the word. Exploitive. Are they exploiting the people? <laughs> um, you know, um, I want to talk about just recently, as of yesterday, I believe, Whoopi Goldberg said that no one can do an un- uh, unauthorized movie based on her it's in her wheel without mm -hmm. consultation and participation of her family members and I, I'm assuming that would be mainly her daughter right she has yeah, a right. daughter and, right. and then if her daughter is gone her or people, people around her ex-husbands yeah. right yeah, other family. Um, so so then honey Ma, talk to me do shows like Dahmer owe it to the victims to include their families in this creative process? Well, honestly, I think if they want to make a high quality show, then that's something they should definitely be invested in before anything else. If you really want the, because I've been watching true crime from tiny because my mom was always a true crime fan. We were always watching Snapped. And for me, as a true crime fan for my entire life, stories are much better with the realism and with the emotion that only the people who experienced it can give. Like, for example, I don't know if you guys know about the Gypsy Rose Blanchard yeah. case with the oh, Munchausen by proxy. Um, she's an adult now, and mm -hmm. Hulu consulted with her to create um, that show. It was actually pretty good. They admitted that some of it was definitely sensationalized, of course, which is going to be necessary in television no matter what. But the parts that they consulted with her for were the best parts to watch, the truth. So as a true crime fan, what I want to see is the truth. I, if I wanted to watch The Joker, I'll turn on The Joker. 
But if I want right. to watch something also, about Jeffrey Dahmer, then I'm going to watch something about Jeffrey Dahmer. But I also think because it's public record, they didn't go, they didn't try to go outside of what was happening. They went with record. Every single thing that was in the jury trial is what they went with. They told the story of how the story was told with the with how when he was you know uh, convicted and after he was convicted and the stories from them that people they actually did say and use those news clippings and all that kind of stuff so it's hard to it's hard to figure how and i want to can... say this too ryan murphy um mm -hmm. has actually said that he did try to reach out yeah. to the family and that's what i was about to say because well, you know it's, it's okay to be upset after the fact yeah, but if you don't get any, you know, if you don't want any include in some, and that's creative. But, but it's not a go ahead. Like if he tried to consult the family and they seemed like not too into it, is that a go ahead to talk so to about? To answer that question, is that yeah. if the family says, "Hey, nah, we don't, we don't really want our, you know, our, our, our life out there like that," should executive producers pull back and not do the stories? I mean, should they? I mean, that's a that's more of a morality question, right? Absolutely. Should they not, should yeah. they not do it? I mean, sure, that would be the respectful thing to do. Are they going to adhere to that? Of course not, because there's money mm -hmm. to be made, right? right? It would be nice um, if they really gave it thought. Or, I mean, hey, let's try again. We want to include you into this process because we do feel yeah. that this is an important story to tell based on, again, not making Dharma really the central focal point of it, but the victims themselves. Mm -hmm. um, I would be interested to know the manner in which he tried, but if he tried, okay, that's good. Uh, but yeah, mm -hmm. uh, if you well, get the is... no, and that's a consent thing, right? If you get the no, then it's like, okay, I do not proceed. But again, right. there are millions to be made, so consent be damned. Rachel? Well, well this is also I the think, very first I, time I, that... I think, oh. Let me get Rachel in real quick, Nick. Okay. I think we're also, as, as creators, we also have to be aware of how much should people be involved in our own creative process. I mean, I've written crime stories where I'm sure family members are like, oh, don't tell that secret, but it is my truth. So therefore I'm going to tell it whether you agree with it or you saw it different or not. And ultimately these are stories that are being told. Now, should I let the entire world have a say of what my truth will ultimately be? I don't think so. I mean, I, I agree with the Hulu Gypsy Rose Blanchard. That was an incredible story, and they did mm -hmm. get some buy-in, and stories are richer. But just because someone doesn't necessarily agree with or feel comfortable with me telling this story doesn't mean that I can <clears throat> tell my story. That's right. an interesting point you just made, Rachel, because all of our stories include someone else, right? Mm -hmm. So it's this is not only the story of this mass murderer by the name of Jeffrey Dahmer, but it's also mm -hmm. the story of his victims as well. And, and so this is the first remember, time we get a chance. Right. Sorry, I remember this is the first when, time we get a chance to meet them too. I remember yeah. when um Whitney Houston's best friend, Robin, I think uh, yes. uh did her book and a lot of people were saying she shouldn't have put Whitney's business out there right. and her mm -hmm. rebuttal was like but it's mine too it's my business it's too, also yeah. my story to tell too yeah, so the question yeah. then it does become uh do you have to get everyone's consent that is involved in a story to tell a story so toy then, then the story will never be told also yes and also I think we have to be clear about this is that with the Dahmer series in particular, focusing in on this one, this story has been told a few times now. Right? Yeah, a number so, of times. A number of times. So yeah. what was the difference then? The difference was this time, we gonna make it into a mini series and hire actors to play these roles. Well, I think gonna... that is, yeah, I think that is sort of where a lot of people kind of were up yeah. in arms about this. So I don't want to sit there and act like, oh, this is the first time ever this story was told. No, the story's been told a few times. Um, yes, I'm, but this is I'm, the first time it's been told from the family's perspective and shedding a light on the victims, the actual victims. Mm -hmm. So it's less about the families too, and it's more about the victims and how he victimized them. Mm -hmm. So I've never, because I've seen the other, uh, the yeah. old Dahmer stuff because I had to watch it. Because yes. I had to do the research on it. And it was never told from this angle. And that's one of the reasons that I was captivated by it, because I've never seen them actually tell the victims through the victim's eyes. And again, so one of the guys, though, I believe, um, the one that got away, um, he was actually mildly involved or, you know, gave some, you know, his his 
opinions and all that kind of stuff of the film as well. And, you know, and I, and, and as an actor, I meant no disrespect to any of these families, but it is a very compelling, it is a very compelling story to tell. And as you said, Hanima, from, for being a true, true crime fan, I don't really see, if that's the case, I don't really see what the difference is or why people, you know what I mean? If you're going to be a fan of true crime, you're just a fan of true crime. Well, when it comes comes to to stories, crime media, when it comes to like, uh, movies like Monster, where Charlize Theron played Eileen Warnos. If we were to compare that to movies like My Friend Dahmer and then combine it with the Netflix show, Jeffrey Dahmer himself, when it comes to like this big list of like the big serial killers, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, Richard Ramirez, Jeffrey Dahmer stands out as one that has been portrayed in media over and over and over again as more like a beloved character than a monster. Like, he's more... And also, we have to remember, these people have fan bases. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer has people who enjoy him, people who love him. And And so does Ted Bundy. So does Ted Bundy. Yeah, yeah, but they they all do. I mean, I guess they're about to do a film uh, called The Dating Game with um, Anna Kendrick is doing The Dating Game about a serial killer who was on The Dating Game. Hillside Strangler. So it's another true crime. Hold that thought, honey, Ma. Rachel, go ahead. My point is, in in all of story, there are only like, what, seven stories that we just keep telling over and over again. Mm -hmm. The only time it changes is who's telling the story. Um, For mystery and crime fiction, you know, we've read, you know, all the white detectives, you know, forever and ever. And mm-hmm. it's only now that people of color, Black folks especially, are starting to tell similar stories, but from our point of view. And it's mm-hmm. the same for mm-hmm. um, nonfiction. Yes, the story of Dahmer and the Hillside Strangler and all these yeah. stories have been told. Summer but Sam, dude. Grim, the Grim Sleeper who haunted Western Avenue in South Los Angeles, it was a, he, it was a serial killer that yes. preyed on prostitutes. And we needed to know that because... We live around that area. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, it's the same story of a man killing women. Mm-hmm. It's different because cops didn't care about the Black prostitutes that were being slain at the school. Cops wanted them to be killed. Let's be real. The cops, cops didn't care about these gay boys that were... Right. And we need to know that. We need to know yes, that. Yes, we do. Go ahead, honey, mom. Go ahead, honey, mom. A lot of these serial killers were not stopped by the police, not because it was a cold case, not because the police didn't have enough evidence, but because people like Jeffrey Dahmer were killing the people that police wanted to kill themselves. They right. want people off the, they want black people off the streets. These were black homosexual men. A lot of them were sex workers. Cops were not going to stop him. But what I wanted to say was, I think that the I'm whole- gonna stop you right there. Hold that thought. <laughs> Write it down because we're gonna come back and get what you wanted to say in, okay? I, I we're did. gonna take a quick break on the business of being black with Tammy Mack on Fox. No problem. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack, and the business of being black today is true crime stories. Please welcome artist and comedian Honey Ma, comedian Hi. Satoyo Ekpo. The author of We Lie Here, Rachel Housel Hall, and Abbott Elementary and Dahmer actor, Nakia Gamby Turner. Honey Ma, complete that thought. We were on break. You wanted us to know something. We want to know, girl. I did. I hope y'all were excited for my thought to be completed. Anyway, <laughs> I was saying that what brings us here about this Dahmer show is the immortalization of this serial killer, Jeffrey Dahmer. Had this show been a different, maybe lesser known serial killer, would we even be here having this conversation about the ethicalness of it? Because at this point, we're used to seeing superstar serial killers. We're used to some section of celebrities being famous because they killed people. So when it comes to shows like this being made, like several of us have already said, they're not going to stop making these things. But also, we're not going to stop talking about it. So I think that it being Jeffrey Dahmer is what brings so much. But, but also, Honey Ma, we have to think that there, 
there are probably two generations who knew nothing about nothing. Jeffrey Dahmer nothing. that we nothing. have brought this massive amount of attention to. And a part of that generation wanted to actually wear Jeffrey Dahmer costumes for yes. Halloween. So Toya, yes. go ahead. I, I, I just think and that's a very good point because yeah, from the 2000s on, yeah, Dahmer's name wasn't really hitting in the streets all like that, right? He kind of been timed out. I do remember when this, when the, the miniseries finally dropped and I had a lot of friends ask me, have you seen Dahmer? You got to check it out. Well, no, nah, I didn't watch it. I was raised in the Midwest and I was a kid when all of this was going on. And I noticed all my family members around me took this situation very, very personally. And I remember watching the trial. And that was really sort of my first insight coming from where I come from in Columbus, Ohio, living in an environment that was predominantly black and gay and sort of seeing the pain that was on these families faces in the trial it was one of those things that when this series dropped and people were like you gotta watch it you gotta watch it i'm like i kind of already watched it i'll get around to it but i've kind of mm -hmm. already watched it mm -hmm. and then when i did watch it i was like yeah it's exactly what i expected it to be it was very very well done everybody uh, the performers it was a tour de force it was amazing at the same time i'm like yeah a lot of money to be made off of this. Again, it's the production companies being like, yeah, let's bring this back to the fold because there are more stories to tell, <clears throat> I do believe. I also, can I just, I'm sorry, can oh, I interject really quick? Sure. Ryan Murphy's whole purpose is always to give a voice to the people who don't have a voice. And usually mm -hmm. it's LGBTQ+, yes. right? Yes. So that was his point in this. It wasn't to glorify Dahmer. Also, Dahmer was a gay man as well, and he was sure. a tortured gay sure. man. Sure. He was tortured inside, he was tortured outside. I'm not, I'm not trying to make him seem like a human, but he was still a human being. And he also had his own traumas and things to deal with. And I think that was the juxtaposition of how to tell the story new. Most people would tell the story like, oh, here's this guy. You know, he was an okay dude. He's a white guy who was walking around the world just being a white guy and then finally decided that he was going. But no one talks about the fact that he actually targeted gay men and was a gay man himself or probably, you know what I mean? Uh, all of that that had to do with everything that was going on with him. So when Ryan Murphy, I think, decided to bring this back out, it was to specifically tell the stories of those, of those victims, how he found them in the LGBTQ community, because it is so open now. Also, we have Instagram and everything else and all of this stuff is, you know, so that's why it's able to blow up like this. Right. Before it was just newspaper clippings and la 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 I la, have la. to say that before uh, the, the movie and the hype around the movie, I actually didn't know that Jeffrey Dahmer was only killing gay black men. And yeah, it's not just gay black new. men. That was new to me. Like there was an Asian kid and yeah, there was, right. yeah, there was it was but it was yeah. it was minorities because he knew he wouldn't get caught, especially after the no neighbor kept calling and calling right? and they sent yeah. the kid back and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, so go ahead. I, I know think you want to jump in. I think it's more of, I think if we just literally, you know, and again, this is me just, if we just look at it as a cr true crime series and is it bothering people, I think we're kind of also a little bit denying the fact that these men existed and that, and that their stories have never been told really. Mm -hmm. And, and I appreciate no, it's the a fact pattern. that they were... But when we talk the about these men's be stories told. being told, here's mm -hmm. the thing. I, I, I do love what Ryan Murphy does. I'm a huge fan of everything he does. And I watch absolutely everything Ryan Murphy does. Right. Um, but when we talk specifically about Dahmer and the, the answer is, Hey, but this is the first time that he's told these gay men's stories. He actually did not tell their story. We did not one time go into the gay men's house to get their whole, like where they worked, what they did, how they lived. Uh, a little uh, bit, a little bit. There was some, you know, a little there, bit. He went in, yeah, but he went, okay. But you also can't tell the whole story because the right. story is about It's a series. Donna. You can absolutely right, tell the whole well, story. You, but you, it's you a mini-series. But it's a mini-series. It's not a long form yeah, series. It's not a, so it's we can't go to I watched, I watched Heist 
And each episode was about an hour long. And I right. watched every single episode of Heist. That is the, 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 the beauty in Netflix and Amazon and these digital channels is that there are no rules. So if we, like, we literally could have told the story of each one of those men in each episode or in right. each um, season of that 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 particular right. movie. Go ahead, Rachel. Go ahead, the beauty Rachel. of it, it is, is though, because let, let me because get Rachel in. The okay. beauty of what you just said, though, is and and there is money being made. That means there's more money to make further stories like this. What right. the success of Dahmer and even Serial and True Detective and all these like smash hits, they allow more stories to be told. So then, Rachel, because... since you're bringing up the money aspect of it, Satoya, I want to know, uh, should we do these true crime stories without giving financial gain and compensation to the people that these stories are about? Hmm. It would be it would be a nice thing to do, right? To to cut them a check. It, I don't think it would be particularly hard to do. I do want to address the point that you made that I thought was a very good one when you sat there and said we could have actually gone deeper into these men's stories uh, that were victims of Dahmer. We certainly could have. The issue is is that they are not the reason that people were watching that show. They were watching the show because of Jeffrey Dahmer, because unfortunately, he is considered to be the most interesting facet of this entire story. That's why that's why this thing comes out again. So I said that's there, why it's right? named Dahmer. It's why it's yeah. named Dahmer. Well, so it's again, Dahmer, but also so, so, because let, let me let Satoya get his point. Okay. Let me let, let okay. him let, let him complete okay. his thought, because once again, there's a profit incentive behind this. I will. I can't sit there and be like, I'm, I, I don't uh, question Ryan Murphy's motives of being nefarious or whatever. I don't question the motives of the actors. It's not what I'm saying. The production company understands that there's a financial incentive to do this. So they do this. It works out just as they thought it would. And to Rachel's point, yes, more of these things will be made. Should you cut the family of the victims a check? I mean, you, 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 it would be a nice gesture at the very least, sure. I mean, but I don't. I don't even mean just it. the families of the victims. If you're cutting checks, you have to cut checks for everybody. That's including Dahmer. Sure. Rumor has um, it. Rumor has it they're doing a season two, so maybe they will go so. deeper into because. And Ryan Murphy is notorious for American Horror Story doing several different versions. Absolutely. Of what his, you know, and and mm -hmm. d d digging deep into everybody's personal whatever. So if he does a season two, maybe this season he goes deeper into the families and who they're in, in or these men and who they were and how they lived their lives. Right. And we and, don't. And hopefully. We don't know. And hopefully he will tell, or someone around him, he could certainly executive produce, tell the mm -hmm. story of uh, uh, someone who, like a Richard Ramirez or another uh, serial killer or regular serial killer, because there are regular no-name evil people out yeah. there, um, who do prey upon neighborhoods like Echo Park in our neighborhood, so that, again, it'll serve as a town square of this is what to look for. Don't marry that guy because he has, you know, big boxes of, you well, know. Well, nobody looks at true crime stories for those reasons, though, Rachel. Let's be honest. Yeah. Honey Ma, you are a true crime story fan. Is that yes. why you look at true crime stories? I think I have a perspective from a section of true crime fans that you all may not be familiar with. There is a dark underbelly to being a true crime fan. Yes. There are people who applaud what these people have done. Yeah. There are people who dress their five-year-old up as Jeffrey them for Halloween. Yeah. They marry them in jail, out of jail. Yeah. Yes. These people also, they, 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 they don't, they don't care about the victims. They're here for Jeffrey Dahmer, like, like the point was made. And also, um, like just, <laughs> but are we mad at every true crime story? We gotta be, no, we, we gotta be mad no, at every true crime story because it is a depiction. It is a depiction and someone else is acting in it and we someone else is telling another story about somebody else. The Again. media's depiction of serial killers has been a contributing factor for why a lot of serial killers said they committed the crime that they committed. Well, a lot of them have said, because I'm gonna be on TV, because I'm gonna be immortalized. Because I'm gonna to, be famous. Yeah, let's, yes, let's we remember. have to revamp yeah. the whole approach to true crime because there are, there's 
this sensationalization of it, of course there's an element of it that helps, maybe tells us what to look out for. And the warning signs aren't even always obvious. The warning signs can be something like a frontal lobe in in injury. Right. I'm getting a warning sign right now to go to commercial oh. break. Okay. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack, and the Business of Being Black today are true crime stories. Are they a bit much? Are they? Let me ask, uh, Rachel, I know you wanted to get a point in. Let me let you get that point in. Yes. This is not a new phenomenon. I mean, our country was founded on, like, the danger and captivity narratives of, you know, uh, white women being stolen by Native Americans and, you know, the kind of breathless stories of, uh, of you know, ministers up in pulpits in Boston preaching about witches. True crime has always been a part of the American narrative. And yes, it seems like there's more of it, but it it's always been around. Um, so yeah, people are making a lot of money on it, but it will always be with us because like I said in the beginning, it is a history and it is morality plays. It's all, it's entertainment, it's everything, but it also like serial and in the dark and all these other great true crime podcasts have helped shape um, justice reform. I mean, we can't ignore those types of things, uh, advances that we're making yes. because people are saying, oh, this wasn't right. That guy's been in jail all this time and he didn't do it. Mm -hmm. More people are learning about things like that. And I mean, ID, isn't it IDTV that has a whole like first one? I watched that watch da, 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 and all of these, all of these same stories. I mean, we watch these depictions over and over again. We watch it on BET. We watch it on, you know, there's always someone committing a crime who's trying to figure, you know, and then you they tell the story and someone else has to tell the story because they can't tell the story themselves and they do reenactments of it. Yeah. And yeah, it might be the same person, but you know. And it's so many people to consult. Like, if that's the case, then I feel like we just have to denounce true crime, period. You know what I mean? If, if Here's story... my problem. Here is my problem with uh, true crime stories, honestly. Um, listen, Black men who go to jail, disproportionately, I might add, mm -hmm. are oftentimes criminalized mm -hmm. collectively. So mm -hmm. even the ones who've never gone to jail are criminalized along with the ones who've gone to jail. However, yes. white men who kill a massive amount of people at one time or collectively uh, mm -hmm. between month to month to month are idolized. Mm -hmm. yes. So why are black men criminalized and white men idolized? So well, Tori, you yeah, black I mean, man, talk about it. Yeah, I mean, we know what this is. It's because, you know, they get us from birth, right? You know, like literally when you are in elementary school, you are, like, again, it's, studies have been shown to be like, we have, we're punished at a higher rate. Black children are punished mm -hmm. at a higher rate, sent to detention more um, for doing the same things their white contemporaries are doing. Uh, when you have a country that says, um, that puts out like what I would just call like like word porn that black people are inherently more violent, inherently more vicious. Um, you, you hear you know the slave narratives about this, the Mandingo, all this other thing. We're, again, you had the World Fair in the 1910s that literally had us next to apes saying that we are not that much different from them. So mm -hmm. we are seen to be, even now, uh, just more inherently vicious, more inherently violent. So when we commit crime, right, we commit crime not because we're somehow tortured or we're somehow complicated and we have this deeper level of humanity. No, we commit crime because, well, that's just what they do. You know how they are. You know, yes. like, that's just what that is. And it's being told over and over again exactly. to everyone over and over again. Exactly. And again, where, but... where, whereas a white person is being told that they are pure white of snow, that everything about them is inherently good. Meanwhile, yes. to be blunt, they are the most in, they are the most vicious and violent in this country. Right. So yes. when they then commit the crime, it's like, well, there must be something going on there. We even talked about it just now. Oh, Dahmer, he was tortured. Crazy Mike. Crazy Mike. He was a, he was a tortured he was a tortured. But it is man. up. I think I think it is up to creators to challenge that, like we are challenging it, it yes. now, yes. and say to each other and to um, our the shareholders or our publishers or our producers mm -hmm. that there is another side to tell. It is up mm -hmm. to us, just like we've mm -hmm. we've changed history to mm -hmm. reflect our role mm -hmm. in it to say. This is not correct. And white women aren't the only women who have been victimized. And mm -hmm. black men aren't the only ones who, you know, kill their wives. Mm -hmm. Lots of white men do that. It is our job as creators to say, we're not going to let you tell those stories anymore.
We have to. Also, there you know the the DC sniper, right? Yes, he was considered a serial killer, and everybody. You know, the first thing everybody, anytime anybody does any serial killing, they're like, "Oh, I bet he's not." And then when they, I bet he's not black, and then when they find Pearl. out, they're like, "Oh my god, yeah, he's black." You know Come on, I mean? go ahead. So, I truly believe that true crime can't be talked about without talking about race, because. Yeah. There is one prophylic serial killer in Europe, I believe, the Netherlands. He was a child murderer. And this is a man who was caught red-handed mutilating children. The cops, because he was a white man, the police aided him in moving to a new town, getting a new job, changing his name, and starting a family. Never would happen to a Black man. Yeah. Absolutely ever. not. People don't consider one police involvement in true crime, true crime and crimes that were committed by the police in true crime and how the police support white men who commit murders. Especially they actually address that in Dahmer, like, well, They did address that in Dahmer. And I've been servicing ladies of the night and there's a man who killed four of the women that I came to as a police officer. You think I'm going to catch that man? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> So and, I want to ask, uh, and anyone can respond, are there any true crime shows or stories that are tasteful and respectful to the victims? Monster. Yes. The film one. Monster is my favorite. I think it's a true crime masterpiece. Because of what? I think it absolutely depicts the very necessary fact that a lot of murderers are mentally tormented people. Charlize Theron was absolutely transformed into Eileen Wuornos, like, unrecognizable. And she very well delivered the pain and torment that that woman experienced that pushed her to commit the crimes that she did. And the people around her, the torment that it inflicted upon them to go through what she was doing. I found it, even though it was partially fictionalized, I think, like, like we've been saying, I think the actor's delivery of it and the writing of it, how it was to the point, this is what she did, depicting nothing but the crime and hardly any music to persuade the audience of what they're supposed to be feeling. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Um, I want to I I, I talk I, I about this I don't understand also, how that's different. About... Her, her torture is different from, from anybody else. Oh, it's not. It's not. From anybody else who is a serial killer. And, I'm, and, and again, I'm not condoning any of this stuff, but it's interesting how, you know... We don't know what people go through, especially just from a therapy standpoint and from, you know, <laughs> like a mental health standpoint. We don't know what anybody is going through at any given day. And we don't know what specifically has triggered any of the, their issues to do whatever the hell it is that they do. So I can't sit here and be like, oh, well, because she, we could see that, you know, men were bothering her because I saw the movie too. You know what I mean? That's okay. But, you know, for a guy who maybe doesn't really understand why he became the way that he became, you know, it, it, well, it's not okay for him. I, 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 I mean, I think we're digging deeper in the stuff that maybe we don't necessarily understand about people. That that we're talking about true crime okay. movies, not... I don't We're think talking about true crime okay. movies and if it's okay to make them, not like somebody's psychological makeup you know, and how it, it's different for someone else to be able to go do something to someone else. You know, either well, way. I, I, I think I think podcasts tend to be more um, comprehensive and covering the gamut of victim and perpetrator. I think mm -hmm. Serial was the one who broke it kind of all open yeah. by talking about the case of Adnan Syed, who, after all that, was released from jail, what, a month or so ago? Let's, I, I want to talk about that, Rachel. You bring up a good point. Some of these true crime stories actually lend to finding the yes. criminal. Yes. Right. Uh, uh, and, and so <laughs> how do we feel about that? Satoya, I want you to jump in. I think there are some true crime uh, series that actually can do a very good job, as Rachel pointed out, to help with reform. So yeah. again, is it okay to do these shows? Sure, it's okay to do these shows. We live in a capitalist society. There is profit to be made, so therefore you can do that, right? With with a show like Serial that actually led to real conversation, real reform was done in a totally different, you know, manner. Like Serial was actually just compelling because I had you actually had to sit there and be like, wait, something might be going on here that that we need to really address. 
Dahmer ain't do that. Dahmer's entertainment. Dahmer was put out for entertainment purposes that was done through a very unique lens and was different than it had been done in past iterations. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back on The Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. The Business of Being Black today are true crime stories. So serial killers are often portrayed as either disturbed geniuses or mentally ill, but according to psychological or psychology today, rather, neither of those are likely. Serial killers actually have a higher probability of being antisocial. So why does the media depict these killers as geniuses? Uh, I can say why, because they're white. Yeah, mm. that, that's why, right? Yeah. Uh, um, honey Ma, talk about it. Um, I believe that um, this genius serial killer stereotype, this withdrawn stereotype, it does come from a lot of common factors in serial killer makeup. Like many serial killers experienced a frontal lobe injury at childhood that murked up their ability to tell white right from wrong. That's something important. But when it comes to he's such a genius and that's why he kills people, that's just making the white man look good. Ted Bundy was not no genius. He, he was, was just no genius. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in, in fact, evil. Fact, that was just fact. pure evil. Fact. Also, uh, uh, he was uh, pure evil. Also, not nearly as attractive as they want you to believe. Not even. Right? Not even he a good-looking type. Yeah. You're going to put this three in front of me and tell me that's a good-looking white man and all of a sudden these white women... Oh, uh, no. That's a conversation. Right. I think talking. part of it also... Oh, let, is, me, let me let him finish his thought. I'm sorry. I, I do think that with people like Jeffrey Dahmer, as is with Ted Bundy, we need to be very honest. It's not the genius aspect. Like you say, they're white, and we just really want to humanize them in some way. Yes. Jeffrey Dahmer clearly had antisocial personality disorder, so he was literally a psychopath. Uh, Ted mm -hmm. Bundy, antisocial personality disorder, literally a psychopath. Like so, but but because they white and they got some hair on their head, yes. they got they got to be talked about in such a way. Well, you know, they're and hot. the way the way they depict themselves. Like a symptom yes. of psychopathy and sociopathy mm -hmm. are delusions of higher mm -hmm. intelligence. Yes, and so narcissism. Men yes. think that they're genius. Yeah. They're convincing <laughs> everyone else that they are. Mm -hmm. I think part ahead. of it. I think part of it also is we don't understand in some ways these people, right? Mm -hmm. we, mm -hmm. None of us have transgressed in ways like this, and so what happens when you don't understand something? You make it bigger and smarter and stronger than what it actually is to say, mm -hmm. I don't understand it. So it must be, you know, God, it must be mm -hmm. Satan. It must right. be mm -hmm. because he's a genius. Because so I want to ask this question uh, to everyone. Where would we be in America if we did not promote, I say promote because, you know, once you, you put it out there on television and give it its own show with its own title, uh, where would we be if we did not, if it were against the law to blow up these serial killers, if we could not do it, if we could not do movies on murderers who were legit, like, murderers? Well, there'd be a lot less copycat killers. Uh-huh. Yeah, the fetishization of uh, this brand or whatever would go down significantly. You could still do documentaries, of course, but if there's no movies or whatever, yeah, this, this goes down, the copycat. I mean, but if, the, if it's in the media, period, it would have to be out of the media. I think it would have to be out of the media, period. Like, that they would cause, not report yeah, on I, these things at all. They couldn't say what's happening. They could have to keep Well, you could report on it. You could report on it because it would be news. Right. What I'm saying is you couldn't make a movie out of it because even think, reporting on it though, did. these kids, some of these kids who are go, even again, and, and not to be like that, but you remember the the kid that went into the school and was like, oh, because such and such did it, I did it too. You know what I mean? And that wasn't a movie; that was just on the news. Everything yeah. that these people that people consume can change what you think about. You you on Instagram too long, and you you know they, yeah. you see these shoes. Next thing you know, you buying the shoes. Do you know what I mean? It's just kind I mean, of my like middle school. My middle school almost got shot up because of some Columbine copycats. I had a dentist appointment that day, so right. But they was gonna get shot up because these kids wanted to copy Columbine. Columbine, right? right. So they it's, had I, the weapon. Yeah, I don't plan. I, it's not going away. Only it's not going away. Our, no. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, I mean, that's the sad part. America has been no. built on one big serial murder. Yes. Right. So yeah. how dare we mm -hmm. even? Yeah. What is that, that serial right. murder? <laughs> right. Uh, uh, which one? Of, uh, That's what I'm saying. Which one? <laughs> uh, Americans. I mean, we're uh, Honey Ma, tell us about the art show you have coming up December 17th. I have an art show coming. If you like true crime, you absolutely love my art. 
My show is going to be called The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, not Horsemen, Horsemen, due to my background as a working girl Mm -hmm. and combined with my love for religious imagery. imagery. So I put those two together. There's going to be a good time. There's going to be a DJ. I'm going to be there. It's it's food, Thai food. If you like Thai food, come on. Uh I'm so interested in what this is. Where where is it? Where is it, honey mom? Where is it? It is going to be at the Cut By, which is my friend's barber shop on Sunset. It's going to be a blast. in Los Angeles, in Los Angeles, yeah, California. For those yeah. of you uh, worldwide, Rachel, what is the premise of We Lie Here, and how can we read it? Yes, you can read it um, any bookstore, online, or whatever. But it is a crime story about a young woman going back home to Palmdale, California, to plan her parents' anniversary party. A cousin from nowhere comes out and says, I have something to tell you about your family. But before uh, she can learn the secret, that cousin winds up dead in Lake Palmdale. So it's a story about origins, about your parents before they became your parents. Um, And it's a story about Southern California. Satoyo, the foreigner. How can we get a hold of it? Tell us about that comedy. In August of 2022, I released my debut comedy album with Helium Records called The Foreigner. You can check it out on Amazon and Apple. You can also stream it on Spotify, but I greatly appreciate it if you download it off Amazon or Apple. Does that give you more, more cash? It, gives, it puts more money in my pocket. Yes, it does. Okay. I want to do what, what, what brings the black man the money. Yes. I want to well, do that right there. Well, thank you so much. Nakia, your role as a Shanae, a.k.a. the lunch lady on Abbott Elementary, getting a lot of attention that television show. Yeah. Mm. Yes, it is. It's uh, and winning all the awards, so it's very exciting to be on there. Um, I will... I, I recur, so I'm in first season and second season, and I'll um, be back again. You'll see, you'll see Shanae again. Also, I am in Dahmer. I play uh, Errol Lindsay's mom, and then I am also in a show uh, called um, It's either Swamp Fly or Hot Flower or High Desert. I don't know what they're going to call it with uh, Patricia Arquette. Uh, that's coming out soon on Apple TV, so that's very exciting. Um, and just you know trying to keep busy working and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, and I have a commercial for uh, menopause. <laughs> hey. I just uh, I just uh, had Shirley Ralph on my radio show in Los Angeles. So oh, awesome. uh, she's awesome. a joy. I want to thank you, Honey Ma, Satoyo, and yeah. uh, Rachel and Nakia for being on The Business of Being Black. That is The Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Until next time, everybody, it's a blessing to be in your box. Stay cool this summer with AC Pro and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get a $15 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card after mail-in rebate with the purchase of select AC Pro ready-to-use refrigerant products that include a hose and gauge. Beat the heat before you hit the road with AC Pro at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from, some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy, so we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.